namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa uttang dhammang sanghang namasami So I hope you're all um, settling in. It takes a while. Uh, get some rest and uh, get to feel a little more comfortable. I realize some of you this is quite cold. One of the advantages of being born in a cold country is this feels like summertime to me. <laughs> It's just conditioned, body is conditioned. So my body is conditioned to live in a cold country, it just produces more heat, I guess, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Circulation. Mm-hmm. So you have to work with these things. Yeah. You know, be patient. Uh, give it time. Things have to adjust and, you know, <coughs> Clearly you can't change your circulation system overnight, but just getting your energies to to uh, settle, because I, I imagine most of you are often moving at quite a high speed, dealing with lots and lots of information and multitasking, with a lot of deadlines and imperatives and things you've got to get done by this and that. So you're juggling lots of plates in the air, at high speed and then when you come to something like this this is a very different speed a different energy there's no deadlines uh, and you know often the mind seeks deadlines like what I'm supposed to do when do I get the thing going switch it on get there to Nibbana as quick as possible well that is going in reverse gear so you know you may be moving fast but you're moving in the wrong direction so what is uh, required is called nutriment uh, one of the ways it's expressed nutriment nutriment gives you a feeling for something that doesn't switch on but it gradually suffuses, it comes in, it drips, 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 like the way that a plant takes up water, yeah. Or the body takes up food, you put food in the body, it takes time to digest and break down, and gradually the body assimilates it. That process, nourishment. So you have to take in and chew and wait, and then it comes through. So, what is called nourishment, nutriment, <coughs> in the suttas it says you know, abiding with good people, finding a good teacher is nourishment. Nourishment for what? Nutriment for hearing the good Dhamma. Hearing the good Dhamma, listening to that, abiding in that, letting it 
wash over you its attitudes, its phrasing, its encouragement, its sense of uh, welcoming, inviting, calming, is nourishment for what? Nourishment for careful attention. Careful attention. Yoni Sikara translated in different ways of course careful, systematic, deep attention attention, manasikara means a certain activity of the measuring mind that which can define and measure but instead of it the average worldly condition is to get the mind to jump as quickly as possible from this point to that point to this point to that point to this point to that point to come to the conclusion and add it all up quickly and so there's certainly attention but it's not careful attention it's driven attention frantic attention panic attention scramble attention hurry up attention and this is not nourishing. This is this is like gobbling food but never swallowing it. Careful attention. Take something in, you chew it over, ponder it. What is the real flavour of this? What is the essence of this? How does this touch the heart? Does it contain sour? bitter, hindrances, negativity, does it contain sweet, warmth, gentleness, faith, encouragement, taking your thoughts, chewing them over, your attitudes, chewing them over, and find which are the ones that you want to give full attention to. And so this is very pivotal because again it's explained quite clearly the hindrances, so sense desire, negativity, dullness, slothfulness, lethargy, restlessness, worry, agitation, doubt, uncertainty, loss of confidence, these are all sustained through giving attention to the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Careless attention. Careful attention, give attention to qualities, features, characteristics, thoughts, feelings, people, environments, wherever you can that support wholesome qualities faith, encouragement, patience, warm-heartedness, restraint. So this is the way that careful attention works. We attend carefully to qualities that dispel the hindrances. So the hindrance of sense desire, is dispelled by contemplating the limitations of sensual activity 
it binds us to a world we have no say over, we have no real authority in. It binds us to a world which is always outside us. It binds us to a world which is always in flux and change. It binds us to a world where there's not just that, but also real traps, seduction, intoxication, addiction, being drawn in to endless cycles of consumption and losing our hearts in the process. So we give, we see these and we give attention to the beauty of the heart, restraining, taking our attention back into being here, warm-heartedness, breathing in, breathing out, being present. Even in this we can find uh, memories, thoughts that give rise to sense desire. Don't give them attention. Give attention to qualities that give rise to contentment, appreciation, gratitude, generosity, qualities such as this. Bring up memories people you know, of events, of situations that remind you of contentment, simplicity, the joy of it, the release of it, the ease of it, of gratitude, the uplifting quality of it, of goodwill towards yourself, towards others, of receiving others' goodwill. Give attention to these, sense desire, suddenly seems corrosive, um, not pleasing. Giving careful attention to qualities that subdue ill will, ill will towards oneself, ill will towards others, memories of other people's ill will towards us, you know, resentment, fear, you know, feeling put down by others who do harm us and abuse us and lie to us and deceive us. But to dwell upon it just makes one's mind defensive or sour, destroys confidence. Don't let people take over, don't let stupid abusive people take over your heart. So, when you've experienced the ill will, or the neglect, or the contempt, you know, people have many ways to experience ill, to give ill will, withdrawing goodwill, coldness, harshness, brutality, dismissiveness, contempt, deceit. Mind can feel quite frightened, and Try always trying to be perfect. And trying to be perfect is a full of ill will. So ill will, like good, like synthesizes many um, veils and coverings that make it seem plausible. There is something wrong with me. I am stupid. I don't deserve anything. I'm not a good person. Yeah. All this 
I'm not a person who deserves anything. I'm not a person who needs anything. I'm not a person, you know, this kind of qualities that we can bring to ourselves. How generous is that? How loving is that? How graceful is that? What does it feel like to be in that? Just saturating yourself in ill will. So see, consider ill will as something much more uh, thorough and pervasive than just direct hatred. It's also the removal of loving kindness towards yourself, towards others. The removal of heart, the removal of sympathy, the removal of compassion, the starvation. That people can find themselves in because in a way you get used to it and uh, that's the other thing that you should bear in mind about these hindrances is that one has no way of dispelling them you just find a place to sit within them where you're kind of defending yourself or you have kind of surreptitious sense desires that you don't ever admit to yourself or you repress that it's not cleared it's just repressed or not admitted, denied so you never talk about it you don't even allow yourself to think about it so regard Regard the chitta as something precious, something to be honoured. Can you do honouring, valuing, <coughs> caring? If you find that difficult, this is why we have puja, buddha, dhamma, sangha, to live in disi- discipline of a buddha associating with wise people if you associate with wise people it's because you're a good person you don't see lots of evil people associating with wise people they get itchy and embarrassed and awkward so good people associate with good people Bad people, when they try to find good people, oh, I can't get anything out of him. Uh, she's not believing me, I'll go somewhere else. Similarly, we abide with good people, we hear the good Dharma. You know, and evil people aren't interested in the good Dharma. It's boring, it's pointless. It doesn't go anywhere useful, it's not realistic. <laughs> so if you enjoy the Dhamma, it's because you're a good person. <laughs> and the most important one to know that is you. And to know that and to feel it. And to take on the responsibility of being a good person, which is to heal and look after and protect the jitta so it comes into full fruition. Careful attention will do this. You don't have to try to be something, 
to give careful attention to good qualities it's like it's as, it's as natural as digesting food if you take your food and you don't have to think about how many times your stomach should swirl it around it does it by itself you don't have to tell the digestive organs to send all the nourishment to various parts of the body they do it they know how to do it but the important thing is take it in and that means carefully chewing pondering attending to good food taking it in mindfulness then is established dependent on careful attention so that which one gives careful attention to one makes a support for mindfulness this means you bear it in mind you repeatedly bear it in mind you frame your mind around it you sustain attention upon it you keep with it you think it you remember it you hold it in the back of your mind you bring it forward when it gets lost and you sustain against the pressure of the hindrances the habits the regrets the craving the restlessness the doubt mindfulness then acts as a guard it both acts as a shield acts as a shield against the hindrances and also begins to protect and allow the citta to um, develop to grow so it's both a, a defensive quality or protective quality it repels hindrances and it also creates a form like a womb within which the, the unawakened citta can begin to know itself and experience itself and fulfill itself so that's our process really meditation firming up and allowing giving attention to good qualities so that they are gestate and are born and become strong and nourished and other factors enlightenment factors proceed from there but let's just um, take careful attention and uh, practice with that now the quality of careful attention is uh, it's thorough it's perhaps slower and careless attention with jumps and speeds it's thorough it doesn't rush to the end of a process it takes time and it allows um, so we don't we linger and you, this goes against the habit of the mind to jump to conclusions to always be thinking of the future always be trying to breathe in when in fact you're breathing out never letting yourself breathe out fully when you're walking you're always, your mind is always moving to the next step rather than waiting for the, the step that you're in to finish to complete itself 
and so this is why we use the body um, to slow the mind down and to make the mind uh, fully absorb qualities of the present direct so we use the body in this particular way because the body doesn't plan the future mind does that the body knows how to relax, the mind doesn't the mind knows how to get going and add up and configure and speculate and plan and create alternatives the body doesn't know how to do that mind doesn't know how to switch off, slow down bodies do it's just a matter of the coming into the body feeling the whole texture of the body the muscles, the way the body is held and working from local points into the whole picture so the process of calming and thoroughness uh, one way I'll explain this for you if people find it difficult to relax and you're trying to do it just as an act of will relax, 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 that won't do it that's going to make you tense using the word relax doesn't it's just the word but if you feel just feeling your own body being aware of it you might notice sensations in your shoulders or your neck or your hands and so you you know perhaps and sensations could be those which are obviously which are strongest and this can be tension it's quite a strong sensation so bearing that in mind you widen your attention so if you're feeling your shoulders you widen your attention to include your chest your arms your abdomen your legs and down to your feet so you go from a local point to the whole body as if the whole body move from the local point steadily not hurriedly but inching through your experienced body doesn't mean missing the, cent- the point but actually widening your attention just like you would do with a camera when you go from a close-up to a, a zoom out when you see the whole picture this means that the particular sensation no longer dominates our attention so instead of the mental and energetic agitation that can occur around a local point we go to the whole picture the global sense and in that that sensation no longer dominates and wide focus is very good for calming now when I say the whole body now this is something that may seem very easy or perhaps deceptively simple or perhaps means you're going to lose concentration 
but uh, concentration has to come after mindfulness and mindfulness has to come after careful attention there is no point in giving if your attention is always gripped by difficult feelings it's not supportive so you must learn first of all to liberate attention from obsessive difficult experiences and it becomes calmer and then you can hold the entire form of the body as one object this is rather like just imagining say you're going to a shower or you throw water over yourself your whole body feels it or if you're cold your whole body feels it or mm-hmm. so you, you don't say oh my fingers are cold my neck is cold my ears are cold my toes are cold the whole body feels that no doubt about it so it's this is rather unusual because by and large people don't feel the entire body they normally find themselves much more focused on their hands and their head and their face because those are the more active pieces pieces that people look at the things that things we act with so you can spend some time sweeping to try to get a feeling for the entire body sweeping down from your head down the front of the body you go lower to your chest, center of your chest, down through your abdomen, so forth, to the base of the body, down your legs, into your feet, the soles of your feet, the skin, the very perimeter of the body. And where is the perimeter of the body? You can feel a tingling sensation, you know, certain prickly tingling quality at the edge of the body. However, you feel that. There's an energy there, a certain um, acuteness, attentiveness, because that's where the body is most immediately sensing the world around it. And one thing this body is very attuned to is the possibility of physical contact because this is clearly quite crucial it could be deadly yeah. so we come to the edge of the body you feel that certain attentiveness because the body at its edge is quite attentive to the possibility of say physical contact, pain, heat, cold or of course pleasant contact warmth, agreeable touch and try to cultivate the edge of your body the whole sense how do I know I have an edge and then can I feel it in my back skin of my back as if something is coming up behind me imagine a bear is coming up behind you or a fire, warm fire and you can feel your, just bring it to mind and you can feel something, part of your back starts to wake up that's what's going on here 
course, most of the time we don't experience our back at all. Face, front, because that's where the sense impact is. So for the whole body, you want to start to wake up areas that are not normally um, used. And this is not just an exercise in anatomy, but it's to get attention to come out of its normal constricted conditioned focus which is very much the eyes the head perhaps the hands and then but in that constriction certain very crucial qualities are missing both attention itself becomes quite stiff and obsessive and we don't we're not able to tune into the energy of the body, the vitality of it which is both warming and calming the energy of the body, vitality flows from the whole system and it has a sense of both brightening and refreshing and calming and releasing it's almost like the digestive system of the body not physical food but in terms of sensation and impact contact so what I mean or a specific example wherever the body is hurt you'll find there's there's constriction there the body seizes up so if you twist your shoulder, you realise the body kind of seizes up there. It takes sometimes months to get it loosened up again. The body goes into a spasm. It's traumatised by an accident. Yeah? And sometimes these things, if they're not addressed, can be, last for years. Neck pains and back pain. body is frozen. Now it's frozen, tight, tense, constricted, is frozen, locked up energy body is seized up around it. It's like a defensive seizure. And so this is obviously with physical contact, physical disagreeable contact. You've had an accident, you know, you had a car crash, you fell downstairs, you got hit by something, your body tightens up, doesn't it? And yeah. And sometimes, because the body is very sympathetic, not just to physical experience, also to emotional experience, you notice if you get shouted at, you tense up. If somebody accuses you, you get tensed up. So it's also, you have a physiological effect of emotional experiences, so the body also experiences that. And by and large, when this occurs, what we, what our personality does is just, well, just forget that, or get over it, or, you know, it doesn't really process that. Now, energy, body energy, is a digestive system. This means that if energy can flow through difficult places, hurt places, tight places, gradually those hard places, those 
tight places, those dead places begin to come alive. It's like you, your body digests the pain or the stress. It chews it up and gradually that is released. That's the that's a process. Yeah. So you give careful attention is different from obsessive attention where you why did this happen? Why am I like this? How can I stop feeling like this? Why can my body be more comfortable? I wish perhaps I could shift it around. These are all understandable. Nobody enjoys pain. But this is the mind trying to stop it. And the mind can't do it. Mind cannot do things with physical pain or tension. But the body can. So how is this? Well, this is why I'm encouraging you know, you go to the entirety of your body, your body's energy system starts to wake up. Breathing in and out is also a process, the inner digestion of the body in terms of its energy. Because itself, breathing in and out is an energetic process rises, it passes, it sends energy vitality through the body. That is the, that is the core of the digestive system, you could say, when I'm talking about sensations and feeling. Mindfulness of breathing dispels this constricted, painful bodily states. But before you can do that even, you have to create or open up the body to make it able to breathe properly. Because it can be the case for many people that their body is so tightened up they can't breathe properly. You know, they breathe, don't breathe out fully, there's no relaxation. There isn't a deep breathing out. So for energy to be complete it has to learn to discharge completely wait and return. Yeah. So it's a slow discharge, emptying, stopping, waiting, and then the energy comes back. And that's involuntary. You don't decide to do it. Now it can be again the case when you practice mindfulness of breathing, you're very focused on really being mindful of breathing in and out, making sure you don't miss a breath, getting one pointed on a point in your nostrils or your belly, you do all that which sounds really good, and it is good, but you haven't done the first step. You haven't got a healthy breath yet. So in fact you're focusing on a breath which is suffused with unskillful residues. So you get tenser and tighter as you breathe in and breathe out because that's what you're focusing on. You're focusing on a tense pattern, on a driven pattern. Because that's the way it goes. So you have to get, first of all, work your way towards having a breath that breathes by itself with no effort and feels calming and refreshing and completely releases and your body can completely accept it and let it fill you there's no hurry 
and there's no pressure and you feel good with that when that's there the rest of it begins to more or less come along by itself the body knows what to do just like eating food if you eat the right food and you chew it properly your body knows how to digest it similarly if you get the right food the right kind of breathing your body will take it in easily feel comfortable with that and that quality of comfort and steadiness that sign associated with breathing in and out is a very helpful sign to be mindful of but a sign of breathing in and out accompanied by tension and frustration and trying to get it right is not a skillful sign so be careful look not just what's on the label but look inside the can So how do we get to establish that proper breathing in and out and many other skillful qualities through mindfulness of the body and it is said when there is mindfulness of the body all good qualities stream into it just as all rivers empty into the ocean so every state associated with wisdom and enlightenment factors stream into mindfulness of the body it is said one does not realize the deathless without mindfulness of body the deathless is lost on those who do not realize mindfulness of the body this is straight to the point isn't it there's no maybe if about it <laughs> and this is you can find this in the buddha's own words so so how come yeah. should be easy shouldn't it but to get the, the body really here fully comfortably settled not stressful so that you can just bear a skillful body not a, not a toxic body or a stressed body but a skillful body in mind that takes careful attention to build it up so careful attention can be done in a number of ways you have the sweeping which means gradually drawing your attention through your body and if you want to do this systematically start with very simple obvious and you know easy sensation such as just the pressure of your body sitting on the ground not particularly refined it's restful and get so that you really just appreciate as if you're coming from a long walk and you sit down as if you come in from a work project and you put the weight down and you sit down that moment you go ah oh. <laughs> yeah. your legs are tired your back's tired and you sit down and you go ah oh. that's how you want to sit as if the very earth is happy to receive you now you, of course you may have all kinds of other experiences, thoughts feelings, sensations please give attention to something that is supportive 
this is not a particularly refined thing, so it shouldn't be too difficult to get that, then deepen it. How do the legs feel? How do your thighs, your knees, your ankles, every piece of that structure rests on the ground? Is it all there yet? The entire underside of the body where you're sitting, is it all there yet? Yeah. Can you let the muscles relax? Can you deepen and open into that? Build it up, up your back, and you can begin to you think your back, yeah, it's there. Do you feel it? Do you feel the lower back? Do you feel the middle of the back? Is it balanced? Is it stressful? And the spine is a fragile, but beautiful structure. It easily gets twisted and distorted through our lifestyle. Chairs, cars, definitely bad for the back. Um, because it lo- you lose this curvature, so this slightly curved quality of the incurve of the lower back and a gentle out curve yeah, towards the upper back. And it's just this very kind of gentle S shape. And it's slightly springy, it's not stiff. And bringing your head back so that the head, the skull rests as a ball on top of the neck. And just see, feel out because the body is attuned to a sense of balance. Now, it can be you find the posture whereby the weight of the head is supported through the lower body. That is, your shoulders don't carry weight. And it's worth taking some time because you're going to be doing a lot of sitting. If you, you know, it's, if you're doing a lot of sitting, uh, not just in retreat, but as a general practice in your day, this is worth getting giving attention to because if you if you sit in an uncomfortable way, eventually you know, your body becomes kind of formed in that way and you twist it over and it has physiological, physical effects. So learning to work with how I sit, how I rest my arms and shoulders and getting the weight down. So this requires asking your body to inform you so you don't impose an idea of how you should sit, you feel out how your body informs you. The least stress. Least stress in the body means the least stress in the mind. And because this requires careful attention, your mind is quite sensitive and attentive, but it is receptive rather than domineering. It's like you're reading something, reading a pulse. That, that, how is that? Feeling it out. You cultivate that. Yeah. And then what is the life force? What is the quality of vitality in this experience? It's slight, 
depleted, you may feel tired or stagnant, okay? You may feel almost bursting with energy. You may feel just pleasantly filled. Steady, bright energy. Now that breathing in and out will balance that. But it will only balance it if you your breathing out is healthy. This means as you sweep through, particularly as you get your posture right, it should be so that your chest doesn't rest on your belly. So your abdomen is very has no pressure in it. It's it's open. You can feel it gently swelling as you breathe in and subsiding as you breathe out. That rhythmic process. Now the breathing in the abdomen is the uh, from the abdomen, the body's natural way of breathing. When we're at rest state and uh, meditation in a way is uh, is repose. His bodily is in neutral, it's not driven, it's not sluggish, it's just in a steady, reposed state. And natural breathing at that state is abdominal. It's not operated through the diaphragm, it's operated through the lower belly. So you can feel where you breathe all the way out and even push your breath out. You feel way down in the lower belly a certain tightening that pushes breath out. And that's if you do it deliberately. So you might try that, just deliberately squeezing your breath out and that's going to take you down to the lower point a few inches below your navel where that muscle operates. Now that's not something you want to do all the time but you know where it is. Now, yeah. And if you come to that and you feel, oh, that area of my body what happens, can I bring my attention down there? Because this, this area of the body also gets frozen by fear, by pressure, by hurrying up. We hurry up because we don't want to be late. That's called fear. We hurry up because somebody's waiting for me. That's called anxiety. We hurry up because the plane's about to leave. That's called fear. And so that locks. Now a lot of the time we're hurrying up. So your body eventually gets used to being locked and you you breathe through the diaphragm. Diaphragm breathing is associated with uh, overactivation. Now for sure, sometimes you have to rush do something quickly, your diaphragm pumps. It takes over and it pumps more energy in. Okay, but then when it's over, when that period of rushing is over, you want to spend some time coming back into your lower belly and let the diaphragm switch off. So eventually you you can begin to learn this. You don't want to be in diaphragm breathing, that is when the the diaphragm is doing the breathing. It's associated with willpower, it's associated with the mind asking a certain extra. It's not the natural state. It's a specialized state 
for specific, you know, targets. And our target in meditation is to go to the natural repose state because this is associated with the mind relinquishing its drives and being more attentive and careful. So, lower, lower belly and feeding out the tissues in there and the breathing in this place is, is roughly spherical that is the, the belly obviously um, moves forward it also should push back slightly into your back down and up so it's like having a ball that slightly expands most of it's forward but it also comes up and the body is a circular spherical quality to the expanding breath and this definitely helps everything to loosen up the sides of the body, the back yeah. and in that softening energy can move through the body easily if the body is tight energy can't move through it so you, you yeah. if everything is locked up tight, pressurized energy can't move through it willpower goes through it, of course mental energy but not bodily energy this is crucial yeah, because certainly as people with aspiration and you know the desire for Dhamma yeah, that's good, that's mental energy and, but the mental energy has to be supported, nourished by bodily energy, otherwise we don't find the quality of calm and care. We just find driving, trying to make it work. And you feel sleepy, dull, it means your energy is not flowing. Now if you feel sleepy and dull, just saying, wake up, wake up, wake up isn't actually giving you any more energy, it's just giving you more desperation. It's giving you more pressure. That pressure will actually hinder vitality coming through because it, it, it seizes you up. So if you're feeling sleepy, yeah, best to open your eyes open your eyes and breathe out as slowly and thoroughly as you can breathe out as slowly and thoroughly as you can open your eyes, breathe out as slowly and thoroughly as you can and wait as long as you can before the in-breath even hold back on breathing in it sounds counterintuitive but actually hold back on breathing in and then breathe in slowly because what this does is it stops the diaphragm pumping it checks the willpower and it causes the body to open up and send vitality through by itself it doesn't, like every other form of nourishment, it doesn't happen at the finger snap. It, it's rather like growing a plant. You put the water in and gradually the plant absorbs that 
So if you're a bit dull and sleepy, open your eyes, take a long, slow, full out breath, as full as you can, and wait and let your breath come in, slowly relaxing your chest, relaxing your shoulders, and let the belly gradually suffuse you with breathing. And it's not very pleasant. It's uh, sleepiness is very uncomfortable. And this is like hard food, you have to break it down, you have to chew it. It's not particularly pleasant. So you have to do this. And actually what the mind will say was, close your eyes, get focused and concentrated, and then you're falling asleep. No, I'm not. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> That's the seduction of the hindrances. They give you the wrong message. And they use a word like, get focused and concentrated. <laughs> but you haven't established careful attention yet. You haven't established a healthy experience yet to get concentrated on. You want to concentrate on a on sloth, you're going to get more slothful. <laughs> so this sense of thoroughness, systematic. Okay, so, you know, I don't know how much to say before it just becomes more verbiage. But um, this is the introduction to, uh, I would say, the first uh, focus or the first basis is the field awareness, which means aware of the whole thing. And in this case, we're using the body. And just as a footnote, again, if you just feel what's all this about, I don't get this at all, then you can use two other possibilities. One is the visual. Visual focus is, is pretty uh, easy because we are much more visual than bodily. And for this what you do is you keep your eyes open, but as if you're looking over the ocean, looking at something that's got no details in it. You can look at a wall or just keep your eyes open and, and avoid going into points. But try to be aware as if you're holding both hands up wide apart and you can just see the edges of your hands and the corners of your eyes and so scan or have the whole field of vision as one object and this is called seeing focus on seeing rather than on the scene focus on the seeing the fact of seeing rather than objects so you focus on visual consciousness as a field Within that field, there are colors and shapes and forms, things we agree with, things we don't like. Forget it. Just keep widening to the field. Because the eyes very much affect the brain you know, and thoughts, you do this, your brain, your mind doesn't have anything to lock onto, apart from doubt, perhaps. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Don't do it, just do this. My eyes start prickling or watering, blink, leave them open. You can sustain this for a while. Aware of visual consciousness.
The other one is listening, hearing, aware of auditory consciousness. This is Paul um, Samedo made a whole, you know, his whole a lot of his teaching was around this called sound of silence. You can do that. I would phrase it as listening to the listening. You know, so there's the sounds and then there's the quality of listening. It's a very wide focus. Sounds come, sounds go, and this is helpful for the chattering mind. So you listen, letting the chattering mind chatter, but you don't go into any of the thoughts. As if you're hearing them run across this quality of listening and your focus is on wide listening. This again is another field quality, another way we enter field awareness. And if you enter field awareness, you will experience the mental pull towards detail to get into some thought, into some memory, into some sensation and to nag at it and chew it over and get stuck in it and debate about it and fight with it and fondle it. And this is the fascination that we have to step back from before we can really say we have authority over attention. Then, when we have authority over attention, we can then choose which we want to focus on. We're not hypnotized, we're not drawn in. If you don't don't have authority over attention, don't let your attention just get dragged into habitual stuff. Just train it, restrain it, go to the field. And you, I hope, certainly I find it myself, just going to the field by itself starves hindrances. They can't find anything to get hold of doubt maybe you can get in there. I'm wasting my time, I should be more concentrated here, yada yada yada. Uh-huh. You know, you know these voices, come on. That's not the Dhamma. So, um, several points there. So the whole body, any of these field uh, qualities will mean your attention then is yours and it becomes something you can use and turn your will, turn decisively, turn for your welfare. Uh, And the citta then has a good friend to guard it and nourish it. This is a great blessing, a great gift to have spent a lifetime and to find careful attention this is a life well spent just by that by itself when this is there it is the pivotal factor for the establishment of mindfulness the dispelling of the hindrance and the quelling of ignorance very well